0: I'm not going to let a rock take my place. I'm not going to let a rock cry out for me. I'm going to give God the praise. I'm going to give God the glory. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Well, Psalms 100 verse 1 says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Amen. Serve the Lord with gladness. Somebody say with gladness." gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that you are that the Lord, he is God. How many are thankful that he is God? And it is he that hath made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Amen. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, and his mercy, somebody say, his mercy endures forever. Amen. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth, truth endurance to all generations. Let me say that again. If you can go there, show it on the screen for me. He, uh, Psalms 100, verse 5. Psalms 100, verse 5 says, for the Lord is good. Somebody just shout that out. Say, for the Lord is good. And his mercy is everlasting. Amen. His truth endureth to all generations. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Amen. How many are grateful and thankful for that? Amen. For the Lord is good. Punch your neighbor one more time and tell them that the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want to make sure my organ's working. That's why. There we go. Now you're here. All right. We're here to give God some praise. We're on the day of thanks. The Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Oh, praise him. Come on, somebody, give God a praise. Amen. All right. I'm All to preach today. Amen. Amen. I want you to go quickly with me to Acts chapter 3. I want to tell you a story about the goodness of God. Somebody just say it one more time. For the Lord is good. Amen. I want to look at this. I want you to say it. It's as simple as this. God good. devil bad bad. turn to your neighbor tell your neighbor say God's good good. devil's devil's bad if it's good it comes from God if it's bad it comes from the devil it's as simple and as easy as two plus two equals four God is good devil is bad amen and so I want you to look at this it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance have you ever been there before? Maybe you wondered why did so-and-so live so long and yet they lived a ter- they they lived a sinful life. And yet some people who do everything right, who go to church every time, they, they didn't live as long as someone else did. Or maybe you some, sometimes might, somebody might see some, God blessing somebody financially. And yet you wonder, God, why well, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Why is this? It's because the goodness of God. Somebody say the goodness of God leads men to repentance. See, God is good. And so sometimes people get to live to a place that that way it's the goodness of God that kept them alive that long. It was the goodness of God that blessed them financially. But if they're not careful, if they don't get their life turned around, if they don't get their life set up and ready and prepared to meet their maker, then they better watch out. And see, that's why it's important that as we hear truth today, that it's going to make a difference in our lives how we live once we go out these doors. Amen. And it's the goodness of God that leadeth men to repentance. Don't make the mistake. If you got your bulletin today on the backside or some notes, you can write write notes in there. Don't make the mistake. Don't mistake the goodness of God for living without repentance of God. Amen. This is what the Holy Spirit gave me today. And I just want you to write this down. Don't mistake the goodness of God for living without repentance to God. Amen. Look at the story here in Acts chapter 3, but before I go there, I want to read Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, somebody say power. power, and he went about doing good, healing some, healing a few, no, he healed all, you know, I like to make this clarification just because it's so important that we understand that That's why it's important to know that God's good, the devil is bad. See, it is not God trying to tear up your marriage so that you can learn something so that you can have a better marriage. That's not God. It's not God, like you heard Brother Mark's testimony on the screen. It is not God to put cancer on somebody so that somebody can get closer to God, to teach them something so that they can learn about the goodness of God. No, God is good today, yesterday, and forever. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God is good. Somebody say it one more time. For the Lord is good. Thank you. And see, what I'm saying is it's important because sometimes I think we go through life and we think, oh, well, this must be something the Lord's doing in my life. This this must have happened because no, it was because we live in a fallen world. We fight three things. Write these things down. The world, the flesh and the devil. We fight three things. Write that down this morning. We fight three things. The world, the flesh and the devil. You can rebuke the devil. You can get away from the world in the sense of you can kind of seclude yourself. I found this out myself. You can't rebuke the flesh. That's right. You have to flee. You have to, you have to turn away. It says to turn away from such things. We have to turn away. There are some things, you know, if you didn't feel like getting up this morning, it wasn't the devil's fault. It wasn't the world's fault. It was the flesh. It was the flesh that didn't want to wake up and get off of that nice warm pillow this morning. See, some people think, well, you know, the devil's just been acting up. No, maybe we just need to get a new battery in our car. The devil didn't have anything to do with our bad battery. But it's important because, see, sometimes we might get confused. Jesus went about, Jesus of Nazareth, went about with the Holy Spirit and with power. Somebody say power. Power. Who went about doing good, healing all. Somebody say healing healing all. Healing all who were oppressed of the devil doing good healing all two things to point out he was anointed or filled with the holy spirit if you're here today and you are not baptized filled with the holy spirit and speaking in other tongues you need to get filled with the holy spirit first of all if you haven't received jesus as your lord and savior that's the number one thing you need to do that first then as soon as you get saved you need to get filled with the baptism of the holy spirit and with power somebody say power And he went about doing good, healing all. Jesus was our example here on the earth. If we want to know what God is like, then we can look at Jesus and how Jesus acted on the earth and what Jesus did on the earth. And we can see how God is and who God is. Amen. We should be filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. We should be doing good, representing Christ who lives in us, and going about healing others. Somebody say amen. amen. Go with me to Acts chapter 3 starting with verse 1. A familiar passage of scripture. And I just want to read it to you. I just want us to kind of talk about. But there was a day. there. Was, uh, now when uh, Peter and John went up together to the temple. On the hour of prayer which was about the ninth hour. A certain man, a lame from his mother's womb. Was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple. Which is called Beautiful. And asked for alms that entered the temple. This is why I'm saying it's important to know that we fight three things. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Because why was that man lame from birth? Was that God's fault? No. It's because we live in a fallen world. When Adam sinned, then all of a sudden the enemy, the devil, took over authority over the world. And so all of a sudden now, that's why things like that occur. It has nothing to do with God. Amen. How many are thankful Jesus has redeemed us from the curse of the law? Amen. It's because of the sin of Adam. But thank God for Jesus. Somebody say, thank God for Jesus. Thank Thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Not everybody say that. Say it one more time. Say, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Amen. We need to thank God for Jesus. And see, because he redeemed us. This is a fallen world and it doesn't matter. See, this is what I love about this. It doesn't matter how you got in your condition. See, some of us see, some of us might have had trouble praising this morning because we were preoccupied about how we got in the situation that we're in. We got a little upset about how did I get in this predicament? How did I get in this situation? And instead of focusing on the one who can get you out of the situation, the one who can get you out of the circumstance, that's who we need to focus on. And praise God that God is going to bring you out. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus, Jesus will bring me, out. bring me out. One more time. Say, Jesus, Jesus will bring me out. Somebody give God some praise for a second. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. See, Jesus is the goodness of God. It doesn't matter how long you've been in your situation. It doesn't matter how long or how you've gotten in that condition. God wants to redeem you. God wants to bring you out. God wants to save you. God wants to heal you. God will heal you. Let's say it that way. God will heal us. God will touch us. God will change us on the inside. Somebody say that. Just begin to confess that today. Amen. It's the goodness. God with his goodness will bring you out. God doesn't want you in a sense, to have a pity party. The Bible says this in 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, casting all your cares upon him. If you're holding on to it, then you haven't casted it. If you're holding on to the burden, then you haven't given it over to the Lord. See, you gotta get to a place that you understand that God, I'm gonna put this over on you. I'm gonna trust in you, God, I'm gonna cast this care on you, and I trust you to take care. I'm gonna do my part. Don't 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 mistake that. You've got there's things that God will speak to us to do. Amen. Amen. You can't be believing God for a supernatural financial breakthrough and not giving of your finances. Because there's a part that you play. See, it's important that we understand that there is something that we, but once we cast the care, see, there might be times that you might be asleep at night and wake up in a panic and wake up in a, in a fretful place that you have all this anxiety and say, what am I going to do? How am I going to overcome? How is this going to happen? What is it that I need to do? And begin to wonder, what is it that I need to do, Lord? How is it? And begin to cast that over on the Lord, because as long as you have it, then the Lord doesn't have it. If I've got this piece of paper right here, and this is my can, and Jonathan's right here, as long as i got it in my hand, I haven't given it over to the Lord. Many times we do like this, Jonathan's holding on to it, hold on to it, John. Now all of a sudden, now I've got it, the Lord's got it. But I ain't casted it, because a cast it means that I would give it over to him, and I would let it go, and I would cast it on him, so that I don't have to hold on to it, that I don't have to, I don't have to have the, the anxiety and the fretfulness about it. So we don't have any right to have a pity party and to worry and to complain. See, I heard this story one time of uh, R.W. Schambach. He a great man of God. And I heard this story recently, and I thought it was a good story. There was a lady that came down to the altar at one of his meetings, and she was just pleading before the Lord and just praying. How many ever, you know, you've been there before. You've heard somebody that said, uh, you know, just coming down to the altar and just just wailing and just saying, God, please, please, please. Please heal me, please. And she's just down there at the altar and please, please do it. Please, please. How many of you have ever had your kids ask you, pretty please, 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 can we go to the store? Can we go get some ice cream? Anybody ever had your kids? My, my little daughter, three-year-old, she'll come and say, please, daddy, please, can we go get some ice cream? Please, pretty please, pretty please, with a cherry on top, please, can I get some ice cream? And all of a sudden, God's spirit spoke to Brother Shambach and said, tell her Not to say please, but to change one word and say thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for healing me. Instead of saying please heal me, please heal me. See, I think many times we're running around saying, God, please do something that he's already done. If he's already healed you, then you don't have to thank, you don't have to please him. You can thank him for what he's already done. You can thank him. And so there's times that we just need to thank God. We need to thank God. No matter what our situation is, no matter what our condition is, we can thank God. In verse 3, it says, "Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms? And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of him. Write that down. Underline that expecting to receive something of them. We ought to have an expectation. I don't know about you this morning, but I have an expectation that God is about to radically change some people's lives today. That God is going to enter in and from the inside out, God is going to change stuff from the inside out. Because they had an expectation. See, if you didn't have an expectation see that you're going to miss an opportunity if you don't have an expectation for to receive something of God. I want to stir your faith this morning. Before we go eat some good food, I wanted you to prepare yourself to expect to receive from God today. And it says this, and expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give thee. In the name of Jesus rise up and walk but I want you to notice that he didn't just jump up and leap up the moment that they said in the name of Jesus see I think this is why sometimes we get a little confused as believers in faith and believers in the faith and believers of Christ because we walk by faith we expect the moment we say something that something's going to happen in the spirit realm things do happen the moment that we speak it But look at this. It says that they spoke it and then they declared it. And then he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately, somebody say immediately. Immediately. His feet and ankle bones received strength. See, it wasn't until they lifted him up. See, I think sometimes we think when we read the story, we think that they just said, Men, Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk, and he just jumped up and started running around the temple. Right. But no, he declared it, and then they had to do something. They lifted him up. And somewhere between the declaring and somewhere between the declaring and the doing, all of a sudden, suddenly and immediately, come on, somebody. Suddenly, somewhere, there was strength that got in his bones. There was something on the inside that caused him to have strength. And it was by Jesus. It was because of the name of Jesus. There was a process that they declared it, and then they did something. And as they were obedient to do what they declared by the Spirit of God, somewhere between the declaring and the lifting, All of a sudden, God's power. Somebody say God's power was activated. Somebody say, amen. Give God a praise. Come on. Somebody praise him in this place. Thank you. Thank you. Verse eight. And he leaping stood and walked and entered with them into the temple. But look at this. He didn't just stop at walking. That's right. He went walking yes. and leaping yes. and praising God. Yes. See, I don't know about you, but if God touched my body, if I was lame and God touched my body and I stood by by the gate every day, I don't know about you, but I don't think I'd be walking in church like this Amen. around the temple. <laughs> how, y- how y'all doing? How y'all doing? How you doing today, brother? Now, if, if God touched me. See, I think sometimes we get a little upset when church gets loud. But see, I get a little uncomfortable when church gets quiet. Because when church gets loud, then that means God must be doing something in somebody's life. All of a sudden, when he stood up, they only told him to walk. But instead of just walking, he began to leap and thank God and praise God and say, Thank you, Jesus. I'm praising you in this place. But see, this is your moment to praise him. This is your moment to give God glory. See, it's not time for us to just sit back and just say, oh, you know what? God's good. God's good. God's good. good." Ah. No, we're here to praise God. See, that's why it's important. See, when when you hear someone shouting in the house of God, when you hear somebody doing something in the house of God, all of a sudden it begins to stir something in you. It begins to do something on the inside of you. See, sometimes when did the walls of Jericho come down? They came crashing down when they shouted and praised God. There are things that haven't been broken in some people's lives because they never shouted before God. They, they, were too, they were too stuck up in a sense to give God praise, to give God shout. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to let a rock take my place. I'm not going to let a rock cry out for me. I'm going to give God the praise. I'm going to give God the glory. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. See, I don't think he was just walking around silently. I don't think he was just walking around the temple quiet. But no, he came in. When God is moving, when God is touching, then all of a sudden it makes a difference in our life. I thank God that God is moving in this church. On the day of thanks, we need to give God thanks. We didn't come to a funeral today. Even when when we have a family worship center funeral, I don't know about you, but it it isn't a sad time. It's a praising time. And because we're praising God that they've gone on to be with the Lord. That up in heaven they're having a party because they're getting to see all their relatives that they hadn't seen in a while. They're they're not sad, but no, we need to thank him. And so see, we it's important that we take time today that we give God thanks. We give God praise. That's why it's important. God inhabits the praises of his people. God is looking to and fro to see who will worship and praise him. Amen. Amen. Look at this in verse 10. Let me go back to my notes. Verse 10 says, And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate at the temple. And they were all filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. And the the lame man which was healed held Peter and John. All the people ran together unto them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, He answered unto the people, ye men of Israel, why marvel at this? Why look so earnestly on us as though by our own power and our own holiness, we made this man walk? I want to encourage you. Don't ever take credit for God's miracle. Don't ever take the credit for what God is doing in someone's life. God is the one that he is miraculous. The Holy Spirit is our helper, and God needs a channel to move through. But when God touches somebody, it's because God loves somebody. It's not because of how good you are or how great you are. See, that's how people can get all mixed up and messed up. Because just because one day Bobby Joe decided to lay hands on somebody, and all of a sudden they got healed, and everybody's running to Bobby Joe to get healed. No, we need to run to Jesus. See, it's important because if we're not careful, then we might get confused and mixed up because all of a sudden we think that some prophetess, that person all of a sudden has all this. No, it's not about that. It's about who God is and what God is doing. And God needs a vessel to flow through. Yes. See, praise, it humbles you. I mean, I want you to think about it. In a room crowd full of people, if you want to get humble, it takes some humility to run around a room and leap around a room with a microphone. I mean, to praise God and to lift your hands, it takes a humility to lift your hands. I remember the first time that I lifted hands at church. I was a teenager and, you know, my family and I, we had uh, come over to Family Worship Center and I was there and it was at a youth service and I wasn't really too sure about this raising hands thing. And all of a sudden, my friend that, was, that I was there with, he lifted his hands as if it was nothing. And all of a sudden, because he was lifting his hands, all of a sudden I began to lift my hands. See, that's why it's so important that it's not always about you. See, some of us parents in here, we need to understand how important it is to train up a child in the way they should go. Not in the way that we feel. See, sometimes we think, well, you know, if they don't make it to church today, it'll be okay. They go to school five times a week. And yet they might make it to church on Sunday. They might make it to Wednesday night. They might make it to the special service. They might make it to Sunday night prayer meeting. And yet we wonder why. Well, why isn't this happening? Why isn't God moving in my life? Yeah, that's it. Truth anyhow, I'm going to preach to myself. Let me pray my, play my organ for you. Amen. <laughs> but don't take credit for God's miracles. Praise humbles you. It gets us to remember the God's goodness. For the Lord is good. Somebody say it together. For the Lord Lord is good. good. I praise because I'm thankful for what God brought me out of. It's not that we praise God for the bad, terrible circumstance. We praise God because we know that no matter what the enemy brings, no matter what the enemy tries to form, no matter what the enemy does, God's going to bring me out. That's why I can praise and walk around and not have any anxiety, not have any fret, and say, God, I thank you, Lord. I'm just trusting in you. I thank you, Lord. You're going to bring me out. I thank you, Lord. I'm going to overcome. Somebody say amen. I praise because I'm thankful for what God kept me from. I'm praised because I'm thankful for what God is doing in my life. i praise because I'm thankful for what God, come on somebody, yeah. I'm thankful, I'm grateful. I'm excited about what God is doing. Somebody give God a shout in this house. Give God a praise. Give God some glory. For the Lord is good. It's not by your own power or your own holiness. That's right. Although I do want to take a moment and say that we should live holy lives. Yeah. There is something interesting found in Hebrews 12. Go there with me to Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14. Yeah. I want you to read this because I think it's important that we see this here. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14. I want to put it on the screen. I want you to see it in the King James Version. It says follow or pursue peace with all people Uh and somebody say and 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 holiness, not or holiness and holiness. Circle that circle that pursue peace and holiness without without which no one will see the Lord. I think it's important to say that today to understand that just because you pursue peace in your family, in your work environment, wherever you are, you ought to pursue peace, but not at the expense of your holiness. If someone is living in your house that isn't living a holy life, then you need to make if you're the man of the house, if you're the head of the house, if you're maybe you're a single mom, you're the head of the house. If you're the head of the house, then you need to make sure that that person is living a holy life. That you're responsible for what goes on in your household. You're responsible for what goes on in your life. See, that's why it's important. We can get confused in today's society because people run around and say, Well, you know what? We just need to pursue peace. We need to pursue peace. And grace covers. Grace covers all. And that way, you know what? It's okay if you're a homosexual. It's okay. No. It says pursue peace and Holiness. There's a point that you have to decide if I'm going to live holy, if I'm going to live righteous, if I'm going to live according to the Lord, if I'm not going to be a fornicator, if I'm not going to be an adulterer, if I'm not going to be a murderer, if I'm not going to be this or be that that the word talks about. See, there might be something that God is dealing with you about. It's because He wants you to live a holy lifestyle. I don't know what it is that's going on in your life, but God does. He knows how to pinpoint and focus in on exactly what you need from him. And so we should follow peace, but not at the expense of our holiness, not at the expense of holiness. Let me read this dates reference Bible. It says this, it is not by man's power or godliness that miracles are performed, but by the power of God. Upon the lives of men who have tarried until they are filled with power. God wants you to take time and fill yourself with power. Go back with me to Acts chapter 3 verse 19. It goes on to say, when all of that happened, all of a sudden the lame man's up and he's running around. He's praising the Lord. Peter and John, they realize that Peter, realizing what had happened, begins up and begins to declare the gospel. He begins to share with others about the good news of Jesus Christ. And I think it's interesting of what he says in Acts chapter 3, verse 19. He says these words, repent ye therefore. If there's something that you've done in your life, it's okay. God's going to forgive you. But we have to do our part. It says, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Two things are necessary for forgiveness. Repent means to, in the Greek, it means to change the mind for better morally, to change the attitude towards sin. In other words, no longer what you used to do is okay. You changed your attitude towards sin. Now you are convinced that Jesus was the Messiah. And so change your minds and let your hearts be contrite for the things that you've done against the Lord. And then number two, be converted. Change your conduct. If you're going down the pathway of sin and destruction, it means to turn away, to turn from that thing and go the other way. Not to go this way and say, oh, I messed up. Forgive me, Lord. And keep on doing it. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord. No. We don't need to trample underfoot the precious blood of Jesus. It means to change your conduct. To turn right about your face. To change in direction. We begin to walk toward God and with God that's what it says here I'm reading out I got this commentary out of the, out of Dakes and it says to be converted is to change your conduct to turn your fe- turn right about your face to change in the direction and we begin a new walk toward God and with him that's why it's so important that you get yourself in the word of God, that you get your head in the book of God, that you get yourself in the house of God and surround yourself with people of God because if, when you do that where you put your head that's where your body's going to follow. I can't I mean, you know, it's really hard for me to keep walking this way and not see what I'm going to run into. But see what do you surround yourself? What is around you? What's your environment? And see, Jesus, it says this in verse 20, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until times of restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. See, the first words recorded, spoken by John the Baptist and Jesus were both, repent. Repent. When the twelve were sent out, they were told to go and tell people to repent. When Peter and John, after Pentecost, what did Peter say? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repenting involves turning away from the old and turning toward the new. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow Jesus, sorrow. God, there's a godly sorrow. Godly sorrow can lead to repentance, deciding to do things God's way. Or it can also sorrow can either lead towards repentance, uh, or it can lead towards disappointment. But it says this in Saint Corinthians chapter seven. It says, "For with godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death." Godly sorrow leads to repentance. I'm not just talking about coming down to the altar and just weeping and crying. There are those that, that, that just being hysterical at the altar. No, I'm talking about true godly sorrow causes you to change from the inside and turn away from what you used to do and turn and turn back. I'll see people they'll come in and they might be dating or uh, engaged or I don't know, I don't know, maybe, maybe married, I don't know. But anyway, I can see them come in, and as they come in, all of a sudden, I'm telling you that it's by the Holy Spirit that there's something that you have to change your actions. It's not just by it's not just by showing face. What I mean by that is because, you know, I've seen people come to them to the altar, and so let's say it's like somebody's boyfriend, and she'll be like, you know, it'll be this girl that she, she just got beat up last night, and I'm telling you, you shouldn't stay with somebody that's beating you up. Amen. But all of a sudden, she's just like, oh, but but he got saved and he came down to the altar. And then when she gets home, he ends up beating her up again. That's not repentance. Amen. She, he showed face. But he didn't turn away from what he did. I'm telling you today, it's not just words that we say. It's something that we do, that we live. It's not just about today, but it's about tomorrow. It's about next Sunday. It's about the next week. It's about the next time. It's about the next. And I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. I'm not perfect myself. I mean, my wife, there'll be times that I'll I'll get in an argument with my wife. Maybe I'll raise my voice. Maybe I'll yell. And all of a sudden, I have to go back and say, I'm sorry, baby. Um, Forgive me. I didn't mean to yell at you. Come on, guys. And she'll be that every time, every time. You always yell at me. I don't always yell. It's been like months since I yelled. But the moment that I do it, it's just like it brings it all up, like I just did it ten minutes ago. I ne- I don't ever I haven't done it in months. But I'm telling you, you gotta get better. You gotta turn away. And sometimes there are moments and times where you have to say, you know what, it's gonna take some times to prove that you're now different on the inside amen Amen. Amen. so be humble repenting involves admitting that you are wrong about things concerning God God resisted proud and he gives grace to be humble